You're listening to Look At My Records. This is episode 179, and I'm your host, Tom Gallo. Chris, Joe, and Fernando of Sacramento, California's Best Move are my guests for this edition of Look At My Records. This new Northern California trio came together in 2019, seeking a new outlet to explore different creative inclinations and inspirations. On their debut EP, Mirror Image Twins, which is out now via Park the Van, their songs take direction from 60s and 70s troubadours like Randy Newman, Van Dyke Parks, Brian Wilson, and Harry Nilsson, and the visual scoring of indie pop song placement in 20th century TV shows and films. During our interview, we chatted all about the band's formation, some insight into the variety of styles heard on Mirror Image Twins, how film scores have inspired their music, and more. Plus, the band picked some awesome records from my record collection, including some awesome cuts from television and prefab sprout. We'll dive into our interview right after the jump. If you're interested in hearing more episodes of Look At My Records, they're available on all streaming platforms. Please remember to rate, review, like, and subscribe on your platform of choice. I also encourage you to check out the Look At My Records website where you can find reviews, premieres of new music, playlists, and a whole lot more, check it out at lookatmyrecords.com. Hey, everyone. It's another episode of Look At My Records. I'm here with the great Sacramento-based trio. Best move. We got Joe, Chris, and Fernando. How are you doing? We're doing good. Your new EP, your debut EP, Mirror Image Twins, is out now. How's it feel to have it out? I mean, it's been such a long process uh, that it almost like waking up this morning, I was like, oh, wow, like it actually, like something, something got, you know, something's out. Um, so to me, it feels really good. Like it's like a big accomplishment. Um, but I don't know these guys. How do you guys feel? I have no feelings. It's been out in my mind for two years. Nice. <laughs> so when it's finally out, you're like, you're like, oh. And then you listen to it. And you're like, yep, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> so why don't you ta- each take a second just to introduce yourselves and say what you play in the band, just for everyone listening. Yeah, I, I'm Chris. I'm I'm the singer, and I play guitar. I'm Fernando, and I uh, play drums. Uh, that's yeah, that's it. Uh, I'm Joe, and I play keyboards and sometimes bass. Awesome. But you awesome. you play like ten keyboards sometimes. It oh. looks like just oh. <laughs> <it's> like <laughs> I'll like look over and I'll be like. Ooh, stacks on stacks, stacks of keys. Yeah. <laughs> so this project started in 2019. It seems like it's actually been active for a longer period during pandemic times than before pandemic times. 
How do you think that's affected this project's dynamic and how you approach songwriting? The fact that it seems like you've been an active band longer during COVID. Yeah, so we um, we wrote the songs like early 2019. And then we're like, hey, let's go into the studio. And we went and made 10 songs to make a record. And we didn't know. Um, we were just doing it for fun. And uh, Chris Watson from Park the Van kind of came to the studio and was like, hey, I really like this. I want to put this out. And we're like, great, we're going to put out a record. And um, we had a friend of ours playing bass with us. And we were practicing <laughs> for this show that was coming up. It was like a first Best Move show. And we were practicing and then I think we practiced for like a month straight, like every day to prepare. And then, <laughs> and then like COVID and they're like, cancel the show. And then the entire, like the whole thing, like the label was like, we're not putting out your record for another year because of COVID. And we're like, yeah, we feel that. And so during that time we were like, okay, we'll write 10 more songs. And so we wrote 10 more songs, went back to the studio. And then we've just been kind of like, trying out this new like internet hey we're a band we've never played a show kind of adventure it's very interesting i feel like as far as like uh the amount of time that we had to we would we would you know had the ability to like practice a bunch and like write songs like meeting up like you know a lot more than i think we normally would be able to um just because it's like there was like a lot of free time and stuff yeah, I think, yeah, you're right. It's like when we finally do play a show, it's going to come out like fully baked. We're like ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> so based on what Chris just said, sounds like there are give or take 20 best move songs. Are the five songs on the Mirror Image Twins EP, are these the first songs you wrote for this project? Mm, three of them or four of them are. And then one of them's not one, one of them's from the second session. And then four of them are from the new session. And, um, they were just kind of songs that we didn't think that fit the cinematic kind of representation of the album that's going to come out soon. And they kind of were just put together in a sense of the ones that we appreciated the most that were going to work. And, um, we uh, put out the EP to like, because, you know, we couldn't tour and we needed to get something out to kind of develop the band, you know, on, you know, digital media and stuff like that. And so we felt like this was the best way to like start the band to build up, you know, a fan base, an audience, you know, uh, online presence. Um, but yeah. So it's been uh, it's been really weird to do that because, you you know, we're naturally like we come from an environment of just like we start a band here in Sacramento and we play some shows and we we've always done that. And this is the first time we've not done that. It's it's been interesting. Like the word co content has come up a lot, <laughs> you know, I think that's like like the word that that the frequency of that word is being used like the most these like last year or two years you know it's like content 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 so it was like interesting to kind of like all of us like sitting down and figuring out like okay so what can we do to to reach out to people you know so content baby content crazy we're going yeah. content crazy yeah you have to have an mba and um 
um, market, you know, marketing uh, master's degree to like be a musician now. So. Dude, TikTok, baby. <laughs> TikTok. Is like I TikTok just downloaded TikTok. Oh my God. I haven't posted anything yet. I just like scroll. It's fucking, I'm old. I can't do that shit. Dude, <laughs> I don't Chris, know how to use it. Chris loves TikTok. He said, he, you, you find some good ones. He's, he's, he's a good uh, TikTok fan. Wait, does Best have Move my- have a TikTok? We do, but we're not uh, we're not a hundred percent active yet, Tom. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do we're gonna do a couple of the dance like this. We, we're we're working on the savage one still. We're a little bit late, but whatever, you know. It's interesting because there's a whole range. There's a lot of young people, but there's also some older people who like just totally figured it out and they got successful TikToks now. And I want to be. Do I want to be one of those people? Does Best yes. Move want to be some of those people? Yeah, we want to buy mansions with TikTok money. Yeah, same. I'll come visit. We'll do a podcast episode in the TikTok Best Move Influencer Mansion. Oh, yeah. The cul-de-sac. All, all four of us. Four mansions. TikTok creating stations. Hell yeah. Wow, that's exciting. Can't wait. <laughs> you all have a bit of a history playing together. Tell us a little bit about that and how did it get to this point with this project? Sure. So uh, Chris and I started a band a long time ago, 2009, uh, called Doombird. Um, and we started out doing uh, kind of chamber folk kind of stuff. And then it sort of over the years kind of transformed into more of an electronic sort of live electronic kind of thing. Um, and that's around the time we asked Fernando to play with us. Um, and yes. And so we, we did that for a couple of years and then until that sort of project ran out of steam, then we started this band. We did that for 50 years. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. That's yeah. a long time. That's like Rolling Stones length <laughs> of having a band. About as long as it gets, yeah. Yes. I, re- I remember joining it and just being like, because I've never played like in a electronic kind of like group. And I remember them like telling me like, like, no, no, no. Like this is like, I don't know, just kind of like rewiring my brain to be able to play like four on the kick and like simpler kind of like drum patterns. Cause I came from like such like, uh, like math rock kind of like weird, yeah. like, uh, time roots. signatures. Yeah. Yeah. 13, 13, four time yeah. signature, you know? And so like learning four, four, like just, but it's cool <laughs> because it was, it was fun to play that for sure. Yeah, and it, it was still it was a lot harder for Fernando because he was in utero when the band started, so yeah. it was difficult for him to actually learn the drum beats because it was fifty years ago. <laughs> With Doombird, you you said you formed this project best move to focus more on organic instruments and earnest songwriting. What made you want to make that shift in direction musically? Yeah, so I was just like at home writing some songs and I was kind of like inspired by, you know, that early 2000s kind of like indie like film where 
they would showcase like a piece of music, like a Magnolia or something, you know, where, you know, there's a, there's an intermission in the movie and Amy Mann's, Amy Mann, uh, amazing. is just doing this like whole, uh, save me song. And it's just like the whole song is dedicated to it. And I was watching that show on HBO, like Euphora, and they kind of did the similar kind of practice where, you know, at the end of an episode, you know, the character would like be riding her bike in, in the middle of the street and um, they'd be playing a Randy Newman song, Same Girl. And they just like kind of left the whole song for the entire scene and they let Same Girl play. And I thought how beautiful it was to like have this kind of like really somber piece of music um, kind of on top of like film. And I was like, oh, that, that sounds like something I would be really interested in doing. And I hadn't written any um, more kind of personal music in a really long time. And so started writing those songs. And at first I was just going to go to the studio and play my guitar and just kind of do them. And then I kind of asked Fernando and Joe if they wanted to kind of come in and sit in on the songs. That's how it happened. Me watching TV. <laughs> <laughs> It's it sounds pretty, but then if you think about it, he's like he's just watching TV. <laughs> so. so, so when you wrote some of these songs, were was there a visual aspect that you envision for them? Since it was kind of grown out of something that, well, inspiration for it at least grew out of something that had a visual aspect. Yeah, I like kind of wanted to do more. Uh, pieces of music that could be represented on film. Um, some of the songs on the EP kind of do that, like Guitar Loop kind of has this kind of cinematic feel or like um, Forgotten Bloom. But the other songs are kind of more um, songs that you know didn't make the cut on the record, so we kind of put them on the EP. And um, I don't know if they necessarily have a cinematic feel more as like they were kind of just throwaway songs that we just ended up kind of putting on the EP. And I know it's sad to say that, but that's what they were. And these are pretty good songs. So, wow. Can't wait to hear the rest. Yeah. I really, I mean, I think for the first time in my life, I feel like I, I mean, I hope Joe and Fernando feel the same way, but I, I'm really proud of the songs that we made from this record. And I'm really excited to put them out and um, to showcase like the the vision that we were trying to go with, like the style and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, it's 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 been really like I said before. It's like it's been a long process. So, um, I'm I'm excited to like have people listen to all the other songs, you know, as well. You you'd also mentioned Chris that you were inspired by film scores what films in particular and what about the scores stood out to you that you wanted to create something similar oh uh, yeah like mostly um like the john bryan early 2000s kind of film scores like uh you know eternal sunshine the spotless mind and then the air soundtrack for virgin suicides i think that kind of stood out to me as something that was like really beautiful and like you know the the movie kind of is a great piece of film but it just doesn't it just doesn't feel the same without air being kind of involved in it um 
that Magnolia soundtrack is really great with Amy Mann. And I know that once again, John Bryan run a bunch of uh, uh, songs for Amy Mann for those songs. Um, but yeah, like those early 2000s kind of like movies kind of gave me the inspiration to be like, you know, I kind of kind of liked going. We, there's a theater in Tower Records and I used to like going there um, when I was younger and watching those films and kind of wanted to kind of go back to that certain point of time in my life. And yeah, I thought that would be a great like representation of it with writing songs like that. So it's kind of like a homage to that. That and the fast and the furious, uh, like <laughs> soundtrack of one through one through eight. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, has it been 20 years? Fast and Furious? Yeah, man. Yeah. Crazy. They started the What's same your... time Doombird started. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, they started after. After yeah. Doombird. Because we started in like 1962. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Invisible Sigh is the first song on the record. A song you wrote about the COVID-19 pandemic. I thought that was cool because I feel like I've come across lots of songs by bands and artists that I've interviewed that have taken on new meaning because of the pandemic. But I actually think this is one of the first songs that I came across that was actually written about the pandemic. Uh, tell us a little bit about it and what in particular inspired that track. Yeah, so I don't know what it was, but the pandemic happened and I had major anxiety about it. And I don't know, a lot of people suffered from this, but like I was like washing doorknobs and washing my groceries and like really freaking yeah. out because I was really concerned, didn't know what was happening and stuff like that. But then I also felt like it was also sad in a way that you couldn't see people that you loved or like touch people that you love or it, and if you did, it was seen as like something that was like uh, not uh, politically correct. And so um, I kind of like wanted to bring that into full force in this kind of instance of like, hey, we'll go up into the mountains when there's a piece when there's some fog, and that's well, no one will see us, and then we'll we'll be able to like touch and feel each other like we have before. And so. Um, yeah, I don't know why I wrote the song. I just kind of like felt this kind of anxiety and sadness about what was going on in the planet um, and how it was dividing people. Um, and I just kind of felt like it needed to be written. And yeah, that was it. And I like going to bars and they close the bars that really bummed me out. <laughs> so. Me too. Me too. <laughs> 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 that makes you know, two I, of us and like you know a lot of it's a lot of people lost their jobs you know that i know of you know um that work in the restaurant and bar industry and you know they're still kind of struggling it's still kind of picking up but like that whole year you know just kind of i think have affected people personally myself like mentally about like you know, what does 2021 look like? What does 2022 look like? And how am I going to get out of this like introverted feeling of like, hey, I, I want to go out and be with my friends and be happy. But on the other hand, I just want to sit and like be in my pajamas and 
watch Netflix or watch junk TV. You know? Yeah, it's a total dilemma. I think a lot of people feel the same way and can empathize with that. Yeah. And I know these guys feel the same way. And it's like, yeah. So I wrote that song, A Visible Sigh, and we recorded it. And it was, that song was really challenging because when we first recorded it, Joe sent it to me. Um, I sent him the song and then he sent me uh, the production of it. And then we were like, this sounds great. And then we like recorded it. And then we were like, uh, no, this sounds not good. And like all three of us were like, we're not putting this song out. We're not putting this song out. And then Bob mixed it. And when he mixed it, I think he kind of saved the song. And we were like, yeah, it sounds really good. And we were, we were comfortable putting the song out because we didn't know how to like write the song, but I think it kind of fell into place really well. And Joe worked really hard on that, like producing it. Great job, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Another, another thing I really like about the EP, it it has a vibe, definitely, but there's also, I feel, like a good amount of variety within its five songs. There's, you know... It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> there's a, you know, guitar loop, cool atmospheric track, and then the last track, Out of Touch, is this, like, gorgeous piano ballad uh, tell me about uh, out of touch how to come together what's it about and since it's also a, a bit of a scaled back track sonically why'd you decide to keep it scaled back i think we wanted to capture sort of like the intimacy of like a, a, a person at the piano and sort of capture like all the kind of weird sounds that the piano makes while you play it um and sort of kind of make you feel like you're in the room um, with that person. Um, and if, as soon as you start layering stuff, a lot of those details kind of get lost. Yeah, and then we, we added some other stuff that kind of, um, it, it's almost like Foley from a, from a film, like the kind of like sounds like of that, with people doing stuff in the room. And um, we wanted to kind of, add that ambiance to it, uh, which also would be sort of covered up if you had a bunch of other instruments. That's a song that I had like not listened to until it was like, like recorded and like basically done. And I was like, Oh wow. Like, cause I was probably like outside doing not that. Cause like a lot of the times <laughs> I'll, I'll finish like tracking drums and I'll just like go explore or something. But, um, yeah, that's like one song that I was, that I really, really, really enjoyed from the EP. Oh yeah, I just remember that song particularly because Joe had brought these like edible gummies to the <laughs> session and we were like eating, we were eating edible gummies and we were listening to the track and Joe looks at Bob and me, he's like, dude, I'm going to write, I'm going to draw some stuff in, in the song and I was like, okay. And so he ran up there and draw stuff and we we're like, this sounds so good. So yeah, we were kind of really in the moment, like feeling the kind of the vibe of the music. What did you end but, up drawing? <laughs> was it just like a fire truck? And like... <laughs> I don't remember. I don't think it's very good. 
so so when <laughs> approaching recording a song like that, is that something that you knew before you even stepped into the studio that the way I wrote this song, I kind of want it to be just piano and then add those little flourishes that would help kind of round out a similar ambiance. Well, uh, we wrote the songs in two different ways. So like, since we had two different recording sessions, the first time we came to the studio, no one knew anything about the songs except for me and Joe. Um, And it was like, I invited our friend Zach Brown to play bass and he came up to the the session. And so we were there for about 12 days and um, we like learned the songs there. And if we liked a certain vibe of the song, we were like, let's do this. You know, let's, let's, let's track it like this way. And Joe was kind of like ad-libbing a lot, just being like, Hey, let's try this. Let's try this. Like, let's try this. And then the second part of the recording session, which happened a year later, um, we kind of came a little bit more prepared in a sense where Joe had kind of fine tuned like the production and what the vision of like, he felt like the, the, the songs were going to be like, and, um, so it was like two different ways and for out of touch, it was from the first session. So it was more like organic and just trying to like try out things. I noticed a lot of these songs, the the beat and the drums are pretty soft. Uh, why'd you want to keep those elements a little more muted? And what was the inspiration behind that? Um, that was like the hardest part. And it still is for me because it's like, you know, you grow up playing drums and it's always like, wow. Ju- yeah. And you're just like, Led Zeppelin, <laughs> man. And you're just like, you know, you used to like, you know, uh, but in reality, John like, the, yeah, in reality, it's like, you start learning that it's like, Oh, like in order to record drums, like you shouldn't be playing them super loud, you know? And, and, um, uh, it, it took a while for me to like, do that but i think a lot of the inspiration i mean i listen to like songs that chris will send me and he's like oh check out the drums you know like air he would like send me like an air song or just like old like 70s stuff and the sounds like really nice like um i think it's like trying to sound like fleetwood mac you know like dreams kind of like that that vibe and the only way to get that sound is kind of just playing very softly and like with purpose i guess um but it was very hard <laughs> for sure. I got, I like, we'll be playing drums sometimes and then I'll look over and it's just like Joe or Chris is kind of like, you know, just like, yeah. Chill. Yeah. But I mean, I, I definitely like playing this second time or the second session, it was like a lot easier because between the first session and the second session, I found myself listening to a lot more of that like style of music. Yeah. Plus we knew what we wanted the second, like the first time around when we were all in a room together, like no one really knew like what the song was really going to be. And so I think that kind of, that was fun and it was like really cool to do that. But I think the second time around we were all like, this is what we're going to do. And I think a lot of people got more comfortable with, with their instruments especially me. Joe, you have this background studying 
avant-garde composition and jazz double bass at a pretty high <laughs> level. How does that work its way into making music or recording music for this project? I'm always interested to hear the perspective of someone who has musical education as far as making music and writing songs. Um, I guess it that training kind of makes it easy to translate like a, a, an idea, a sort of a more abstract kind of generic idea of a song, which is what Chris kind of usually gives me. Um, it was just like really the mo most basic kind of uh, elements of a, of a song with, you know, a guitar part and a vocal melody and some lyrics. Um, and then I, I guess I, I use my, my knowledge and uh, to sort of turn that into, uh, you know, a, a fleshed out arrangement. And, you know, I guess it also helps me kind of communicate the, these ideas to the rest of the, of the band, the other musicians, in a way that's like, kind of straightforward, simple. Cool. Joe, you were also saying on the record, thematically, there's a reconciliation with who you thought you were going to be when you were young musicians versus what you've become. And then there's a feeling of acceptance and resignation. And that's sort of beautiful. I was just curious uh, if you could elaborate on that a little bit, how you view the songs in this project, uh, the songs and this project as representing uh, this kind of turning point in your musical lives? Um, I mean, I guess, I guess it's sort of an emotional thing, kind of like, you know, uh, kind of just kind of like thinking about getting older, or thinking about like how you were, uh, or like what you thought was going to happen when you were younger. Um, uh, and, you know, it's something that Chris and I have talked about a lot and, um, you know, something we talked about kind of like, you know, sort of injecting like a feeling that you, that we would like inject into the music and, um, yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm not really sure how to, how to put it into words, but, um, yeah, it, it just kind of seeped in there. Yeah. I think if I can add to that, like if. You know, when you're young, you just have these, like, kind of really hopes and aspirations of becoming, like, very successful in your, your you know, your, your artistic craft. And, you know, when you, when you get older, you kind of, uh, you kind of, like, decide that kind of some of that stuff doesn't really mean as much to you because, you know, life kind of still moves on. And um, what's more important is trying to you know, make a good imprint in your life or like who you are as a person to make the most creative and, you know, uh, beautiful piece of music with your friends and, you know, share them with your friends and family. And um, hopefully other people will listen to it and appreciate it. And that's the best that you can hope for. And um, whatever happens, happens, you know, kind of like, um, 
so it's kind of it's nice to have more acceptance and in, in a way of like you know we're gonna try the best we can in the business part of music you know but in the artistic part of music i think we've we've kind of gotten to a place where we're comfortable with like writing and creating and you know trying out new things yeah you also mentioned that you feel like you're being more yourself with your music in this project, which I thought was interesting because I feel like being yourself with the music that you enjoy and the music that you want to make can change over time, depending on what you're listening to or what phase in your life uh, you're in. Uh, what does being yourself musically mean to you at, at this point in time? Uh, it's like kind of accepting that for me, for me personally, it's like accepting that it's okay to be inspired by other people's work of music and like, you know, just trying to listen to other artists or, you know, uh, watching films and, and taking those things and using them as like really good creative tools to like express how I feel as a human being on this planet Earth, you know, because I'm only here for a little bit of time. And I feel like it's, I feel more comfortable just accepting that, you know, that I don't, I don't have this concept of I need to be a hundred percent original and yeah. I need to always create something out of thin air, you know, like, because uh, it's such a rare moment in, you know, in the world for something to be original and to just kind of be happy with that and just like being like, I wrote a song. I really appreciate it. You know, we we came together as a group of uh, human beings and the outcome of it is really great. And now we get to do an interview with you, Tom. So <laughs> it's pretty cool. The Hell whole thing's yeah. Cool. <laughs> The whole thing's cool, you know. It's like fun. I do. I do think that. I do think that. Like, I mean, for myself, I find myself like um, listening to songs that like um, I like relate to, and it's more about like the emotion or like the human experience than it's like a cool sounding thing. You know, it might be like the simplest thing ever, but it, it kind of stirs something in me. And I feel like a lot of the songs that Chris. Uh, had written um, kind of hit that, you know. So, just to tag on to what he was saying, I feel like I learned a lot about the future of this project too from speaking to the three of you. This EP is just letting people get their feet wet with best move, and from what you describe, it sounds like the album that's going to come out is going to be this cohesive work that really flows together tell us a little bit about what people can expect from the album that'll be coming out at some point in the future well there's more drums yeah oh yeah so there's a lot more drums <laughs> uh, uh, the songs are a little less slow they're still kind of slow but they're not as slow um and mellow but uh Oh, there's way more lush sounds in it, I'd feel. Yeah. Kind of, there's some songs that have that air vibe or like 10cc, and then there's some songs that kind of have this like John Bryan mood and like, 
you know, but they all kind of flow in this like yeah. cohesive way that you're like, wow, this could, this kind of represents like this moment in my life that I, I don't know if sometimes you hear a song and you're just like, man, this, this represents something. It's like a, some relational memory that you're having. And you're like, this represents something that I can't pinpoint. It kind of has that kind of feel to it where you're like, oh, I feel like this could be in like something or, you know, um, so I hope that's what people expect from it. But, um, yeah, it's just it, actually most, almost all the songs have drums, right guys? I believe so. I think, I think only one or two might not. And there's like, there's parts, I feel like there's parts with like a lot of, there's like a lot of, uh, there's like one specific part where there's like a lot of energy at the end, you know, like there's, there's a lot more, um, a lot more dynamics, I guess you could say, you know, there's like a lot of ups and, and downs. Very, as far as energy goes. Very exciting. That's super exciting. How do you go about piecing something like that together that maybe is meant to be consumed, you know, cover to cover and flow together as one piece? Is it something that you still wrote all the songs separately or did some of them kind of come together at the same time and then you pieced it together? What, what's that process like? Yeah, like, so 70% or 65% of the music that's on the new album are from the second session. And only like a couple are from the first session. I think, and the reason for that is, is that when we got into the first session, we like didn't, know how to play together as a band and i didn't know like what we wanted to do visually i had a couple songs that i like i want to do this like cinematic feel but i only had like three or four of them that had that feel and so i think the second time we came in we were like we're gonna do this this is how we're this is what we're thinking about what our sound is and so those a lot of those songs just kind of ended up making it on on the record because we just finally knew what we wanted to do so it was like two years of just learning and writing and creating. This is like so long. <laughs> That's why when it comes out, we're going to be like, that was like, that was like three yes. years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a crazy thing about this period in time because people are pushing releases into the future and then it comes out and you're thinking, hey, I wrote this a long time ago. I recorded this a long time ago. Yeah, I was like 80. I was 86 and now I'm 89. <laughs> so crazy. Because my, my first project was 50 years ago. You look great. <laughs> That'd be 89. That'd be hilarious if by the time that the first uh, album comes out, we're like, we're actually a reggae band now, baby. Like, we're all just like, we just all just. <laughs> Oh, no, no, that's our old stuff. We're a reggae band now. Can't wait for the reggae yeah. record. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we were really inspired by the Stones and the Police and just went to Jamaica. <laughs> <laughs> well, so now we're going we're gonna to play some songs from the EP. I want to play Mirror Image Twins. Great song right in the middle of the EP. Tell us a little bit about that track before we play it uh yeah so um the song features our friend uh bed on guitar um i kind of wrote this song 
to be a little weird sounding. I don't know, like weird chord progressions because we didn't have a lot of weird chord progressions. And I thought um, that would be kind of interesting to put on um, the record. And um, yeah, I, uh, I'm trying to think about what the song means. It's like, reflects to me like immortality within art music and like uh like writing a piece of poetry or like a piece of art can like represent like a time capsule or a snapshot in time which is viewed by the creator or the the person who you know kind of listens to it or whatever or and and like basically the song kind of like takes a look back on like, you know, how I've shaped my future. I mean, sh shaped my um, yeah. past and, and it kind of like reflects on a, a, like a certain point in time. And, and like, it doesn't really like have any like certain meaning. It's just kind of like a play on words or something, but I kind of like wanted to come up with some like weird kind of interpretation of, you know, um, being in a relationship or like being like a, a kid again. So yeah, it, it's kind of, it's kind of weird. Cause it talks about like, you know, being alive and not being alive, but I don't know. It's kind of a weird song actually. <laughs> it's a it. weird and awesome <laughs> song. The best kind of song, weird yeah. and awesome. Yeah. But this song, it has our friend Zach Brown on bass and our friend Ben is playing guitar. And then, when we play, we practice the song. Fernando actually plays the Sick. <laughs> oh, dude, Sick. it's great. I put on my cape. Ripping on synth. Bust up yeah. Boom. I love it. I love that synth hand, dude. Yeah. Mm. Joe taught me that. <laughs> it's called the claw. Under the tutelage <laughs> yeah, exactly. of Joe, you learned the claw. Yeah, in the industry, we call it the claw, but uh, sure, whatever. In the bed. That's rock and roll. That is fucking rock and roll. All right. We're going to play Invisible Psy, Guitar Loop, and Mirror Image Twins. And then we'll be back. We'll talk records that best move selected.
everyone we just heard the first three tracks from best moves new ep mirror image we heard invisible sigh guitar loop and the title track mirror image twins you can get yourself a digital copy of this ep at bestmovemusic.bandcamp.com it's out now via the great label park the van all right hey best move you picked some records from my record collection we're gonna play them and talk about them starting with probably my favorite record of all time marky moon by proto-punk legends television you picked the song venus this is just amazing guitar record the guitars on this record are sick. Yeah. Everything about this album is sick. Oh, yeah. Chris, did you pick this one? I picked this one. And I picked it because um, I was thinking about, like, kind of like a, once again, cinematic vibe. And it kind of just, like, every time I hear this song, it takes me, like, back to this, like, you know, kid in a room, like, you know, in the 70s, like, listening to you know this record it like reminds me of like a richard linkler film for some reason i have no idea why but it just like has that vibe you know um the like the good years and like you know the um all you know any any like the tv taken back to that time and i don't know just like has that whole feel to it and i've never lived in that time so i always like when i ever hear this piece of music i'm just like I wish I lived during this time because it was probably yeah. you can pretty like cool. smell the CBGB's bathroom, the stench of piss and stale beer, <laughs> and you love it, and you wish you were there. Yeah, me I mean, too. I, I wish, I wish. Yeah, I played CBGB's before it shut down, and um, and it smelled terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they had like I air fresheners. Smell that smell. It's just in the, that smell in a can. Just, Authentic. All you gotta do is just, just, just leave a, a Miller Light out on your counter for three days, then smoke a cigarette, and then put it out in the Miller Light, and then piss in it, and then you basically this is, get it. This is what we call this is what we call a Sunday in the Fernando household. That's what we just call a Sunday morning. <laughs> and that's the concoction that will produce that smell. Yeah. <laughs> Next, Big Star, The Ballad of El Gudo from Number One Record. Band from like the same decade, Nashville. Yeah. Alex Chilton, love the guy, underrated guy, getting his rating these days, I feel like, though. Now everybody loves Big Star and Alex Chilton. Everybody realized they were overlooked and underappreciated. But tell me, Chris, did you also pick this one or was it Joe 
or was it Fernando? I picked this one uh, to kind of coincide with the feel of my cinematic universe. And once again, the riffs and the guitar licks in the song just take me take me back to a place that didn't exist because I was not even born. So uh, <laughs> it just has that feel, you know, like that just watching a movie that, you know, takes back like, you know, dazed and confused or something like that, or, you know, something where you go back to a time that you're like, wow, that used to probably be a really cool point in time. And I don't know, it just like feels like uh, something that belongs in a movie. Yeah, I feel like I hear Big Star. I can see a very 70s looking kitchen and like linoleum floors and shit. You know? Yeah, like the hanging out with kids with like really tight shirts and they're super skinny and long hair for some reason. And yeah, polyester like smoking shirts. Reefer, sounds... Running away from the cops. Yeah, I love running from the cops in 1975 because of <laughs> marijuana. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. Because you got like, you like, you did a Hey Mister at the 7-Eleven and, yeah. you know, try to get some beer with your friends. And it's, it's summer. It's summer of, you know, summer of 72. Hey, you know? The Hey Mister? <laughs> you tried to Hey Mister? Some, you just got a Hey Mister somebody. Hey Mister. It's gotta happen. <laughs> at my side is God. All right, next. Till I Die by the Beach Boys off of Surf's Up. I got to say, when I saw this one, I feel like Mirror Image Twins has a very similar vibe to Till I Die. So I was wondering if you picked it for that reason. Hmm. I didn't consciously pick it, pick it for that reason, but uh, I picked it because it's... Uh, the the vocal harmonies and and the arrangement are is so gorgeous, um, and it's, it's just a big influence on the way I think about my writing arrangements for this band. Um, and also really like it because it's like the darkest and weirdest Beach Boys song, I think, uh, especially in terms with the lyrics. He's like kind of like having a, an existential meltdown. And I like to picture like Brian Wilson on the beach with his like hands behind his back, just kind of looking out on the ocean. Yeah. Great lyrics too. the yeah. cork on the ocean floor metaphor. And also this song is right after a day in the life of a tree on that record, which I think is yep. the saddest song ever. And this may be mm -hmm. the second saddest song ever mm -hmm. in the history of songs. A lot of songs kind of have like this one moment in them, sort of a climactic moment. And this one has a really good one. And it's like kind of the lead in to the outro after the last chorus. When There's a voice that comes in, like in the higher register. It's, and then it goes into this like loop, like this kind of co contrapuntal vocal loop. 
and it repeats to the end. It's just like perfection. Next, Wise Blood, A Lot's Gonna Change off of Titanic Rising. Yeah, I picked that one too. Um, uh, especially, I mean, everything about it is, is really cool. Um, her voice is incredible. Um, uh, Jonathan Rado's production is really cool, the dude from Foxygen. Um, and, you know, it's, a, it's something that I kind of, uh, look to for inspiration so when i'm when i was something that i did look to for inspiration when i was uh thinking about the arrangements for um our record up you get what you give by new radicals off of maybe you've been brainwashed too this record is criminally underrated greg alexander who's the front man of this band great songwriter so i'm very happy that fernando picked this album and agrees that greg alexander is a pop songwriting genius yeah, I feel like I, because I, by the way, you have a great record collection. Thanks. So it was very hard. Yeah. It was very yeah. hard. I picked so many songs and I was like, all right, I got it, you know. But like two two songs, the two songs that I picked kind of like, like ignited something in me when I first like heard them, uh, specifically with like the new Radicals. Like, I don't know if you remember the music video for that, for that song. But, like, I feel like I still dress, like, I still wear, like, a bucket hat. And, like, uh, my roommate and I used to wear, uh, like, the inside-out Mickey Mouse shirt. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was, like, like it, it just changed everything. Um, I love the arrangement of that. Um, I love singing that song in uh, karaoke. Like, it's just, like, a feel-good. Like Hell yeah. The intro and everything is just fun yeah. fact about that music video had a huge impact on me because I grew up uh, in Staten Island, New York, which is one of the five boroughs of New York City. And the music video is shot in the Staten Island Mall. So I was at that mall many, many times. So when that video no was way. on MTV, I was like, shit. That's our mall. That's our mall. Like that's the pretzel that's place. That's <laughs> dude. Yeah. Get me a glazing yeah, raisin awesome. pretzel. That is awesome. Uh, that, uh, fun fact about uh, that song for me is that uh, I knew my neighbor, and we like shared like a bathroom wall, and I would um, listen to that song all the time while I would take a shower. Until like one day, she texted me, and she was like, "Dude." 
you gotta you gotta switch it up my man because <laughs> that would just be like boom and just like time it and just be like singing in the shower that's funny. but yeah it's a great song And then wrapping it up with Appetite by Prefab Sprout off of Steve McQueen, their classic 1985 album. Incredible album. It's it's a journey, that whole album, because it's like just kind of goes into different um, um, styles, I guess. And But it's all like really good. That song, back when I used to play like in more technical uh uh, bands. Uh, my friend Jesse, shout out Jesse Kranzler, showed me this song and we were outside of the Che Cafe in San Diego and there was like some weird like uh, math rock band playing and he was like, dude, come outside of my car. You have to listen to this song. And I was like, all right. Um, and I was hooked after that because I realized it's like, because um, that song has like technical moments, but there's like an underlying groove through all of it. Um, I like the way that like the keyboards double up with like these like weird vocal runs for fills. Um, the guitar is super sick and it's like a really fun uh, uh, song to like practice drums with because it's like ever changing groove and like dropping beats and stuff and yeah. But yeah, shout out to Jesse. Also, he has a skateboard that he has a uh, the album oh, nice. cover, the super sick <laughs> album cover with like the motorcycle. He has a skateboard awesome. with that on That's it. That's really. A great skateboard. Nice. I love it. It is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Have you guys are you guys familiar with the song Appetite, Joe, Chris? Yeah. You guys, you guys? Yeah. Oh yeah. Anton said this is his well, Anton, I made the list and sent it to him and he was like, Oh, that's a great list. He's like, Prefab Sprout's my favorite band. Nice, dude. It's a good band. Shout, shout, out, shout out, to out to Anton, Anton the awesome PR guy for your label yeah how'd you link up with uh park the van by the way uh yeah so we were recording this record and our friend Corey is friends with chris watson who is the founder of park the van um he lives in sacramento now and he's like hey I, i'm friends with this guy named chris i'm gonna invite him over to stinson where we recorded the record at stinson beach california and I was like, cool, can I have him come up? And we were all excited because we knew he had a label. And um, he came up and he hung out with us. We made, we had dinner. We had a dinner oh, night sick. that night. It was, spaghetti legit. Drunk. That's awesome. it was spaghetti night, I believe it was. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't spaghetti night. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then um, after... Uh, you know, he left. He liked the songs, and then he like texted me one day, and he's like, "What do you think about putting out a record on Park the Van?" And we were like, "Yes, let's do it." And we're really stoked because you know those group of people—they're really awesome. Like, you know, they've been involved in the music scene for so long, and Jeff and Phil and Reggie and Anton and 
Chris and really helpful and they're kind of like always willing to help you. We have these like Wednesday like meetup things and um, they just like you just ask for any advice and they'll give you some advice and stuff. And right now it's just been about content because content is nothing king. else to do. <laughs> but I think in the future we're talking about shows. So that would can't be wait. Can't that. wait to see best move in the live setting in the flesh live setting not the live stream setting which i'm sure is also great but i'm kind of getting tired of live streams so can't wait for the live in the flesh you know <laughs> like the old days of live gigs <laughs> only me to do you right but i'm a simple slave of appetite i'm a poor slave of Appetite, hunger howls, hunger's red, hunger stays till it's fed, then it somehow fades. Alright, so we're coming to the end of this episode. Wow, had such a blast chatting with Best Move, Chris, Joe, and Fernando, everyone there new ep is out now where can everyone get it uh you can go you can go on band you can go on Bandcamp and buy it uh for five dollars or you can stream it on all the platforms what is it like apple and spotify and title and youtube we're like on all the the platforms or you can go to the soundcloud page for park the van and you can listen to it there too as well um all types of places nice you can you can email us at bestmovemusic at gmail.com and we could just send you waves if you'd like. <laughs> so just email us <laughs> if you'd like some waves. That bandcamp address is bestmovemusic.bandcamp.com, also available on all streaming platforms. So what's next for best move? What's the next move then i was gonna say the next best move but that would imply the <laughs> secondary <laughs> the second move of the most ideal move wouldn't be your next move so what's your next move what's, your what's next? next for this project we are going to play some shows with nick fritas hell in June. yeah um june 17th yeah, and we're going to announce it on Monday where we're playing, but 17th, 18th, and 19th. Then we're going to play a local show at our town on June 26th. And then we are, unfortunately, Tom, we will be releasing some live sessions. <laughs> I'll watch them. It's cool. But you're playing live, too, though. So, you know, you're playing real shows. Yeah. Yeah, by the time we release the live sessions, people are going to be like, well, the, I think those. I was more referring to <laughs> like, oh, okay, let's watch someone play on their Instagram type of thing. It sounds yeah, like your live yeah, sessions yeah. are like legit oh, no. productions, which are cool. Those are oh, it's cool. cool. It's a yeah, full set. Those are cool. Full set. Those are. Yeah, we went back to the studio in Stenson where we recorded and did a live session. Yeah, like that's, all the songs. that's cool. Those are cool so. to watch with cameras and good sound and stuff but i am getting sick of uh iphone uh you know 
microphone picking up someone playing, you know, just like, I need, I want to see it live. Yeah. We're doing it live. All right. Everyone again, best move music.bandcamp.com. Check them out on Instagram, Facebook as well. All streaming platforms. We're going to hear one more song from their brand new EP mirror image twins. We're going to hear the last song warm piano ballad out of touch thanks guys thank you so much tom Oh mm-hmm. 